And uh, we get there, the tennis court's over here, the pool's over here, and there's grass between them, there's a sidewalk in the middle. There's people still on the tennis courts where they put uh, handkerchiefs over their noses. <laughs> the chlorine was that strong, it had killed the grass already. <laughs> you remember that? Yeah. And I, I had, all, I was in the jump seat, I had all my stuff on, I went down there and just turned, what, the kid went down there to, to put, to connect it, and he turned it on and it wasn't connected and he ran out of there. So just, you know, blowing out of the thing. I went down there and just turned it off. But the people, you could, we couldn't get the people off the tennis courts. They said, we, we, we got an hour, we, we can't waste time. <laughs> Firehouse Logbook Podcast. I'm your host, Robbie Dawson. On the last episode, which was episode 55, I got to sit down with seven retirees from my old department, Chesterfield Fire and EMS, to capture some of their stories from their 211 years of collective service to the community. Also, as we were setting up to record, as is the case in any time you get a bunch of retired firefighters around a table, the stories and history started to flow right away. And as you can imagine, once the podcast officially wrapped up, the stories continue to be told. In this episode, you'll get to hear some of those pre-show and after-show stories, but not all of them. As you can imagine, some of those stories told probably shouldn't be released in order to protect the innocent and not so innocent as well. But I did record about another two hours of history, stories, and tall tales from this epic group. So with that, some of these stories, some of those stories will remain confidential in the archives of this podcast, at least for the time being. What you're about to hear is the pre-show and after-party conversations we had, or at least some of them, but more than the stories captured here are the characters we all knew as fire service family members, some of whom are no longer with us. And I share these stories here with you today with the greatest respect for them as the individuals who helped shape the history of our department and our members. If you haven't listened to episode 55 yet, make sure you go back and listen to that one first so you know who all this, these characters are. And thanks again to Jan, Mac, Rick, Matt, Linwood, Dave, Rob, and David for sharing these stories and letting me capture them in this, on this platform. And thank, of you, thank you to those of you who have supported this effort over the past two years, particularly those who have signed up to be patrons. It's their support that allowed me to upgrade the equipment and be able to record this episode. And if you'd like to help as well, you can go to patreon.com backslash firehouse logbook podcast to sign up. You'll get early releases and, in this case, an even less edited version of this episode. With that, enjoy episode 56, the episode 55 pre-show and after party. Well, y'all keep talking. Keep talking. I gotta yeah. he, does, he loves it. Why? Yeah. No, keep talking. I got to say You know his brother. I'm just crazy. We'll say that. Yes, yes. Okay. I just remember him being the volunteer. That's why he went to the I remember him bringing that little girl in there with a cut foot. Easy now. He's not saying little girl. He's not saying little girl. Bandaged in her foot. Careful. Yeah, we got that one. You say little girl. You say little girl. She was wearing a turtleneck. How did he know? She was little from here to He was the young buck himself. Yeah. So he was right in there with. Last night I was saying something about. <clears throat> uh, it was a story about 
you and it was Henning, we were Henning Elementary, and you said something about little girls. That, I'm trying to think how that, how that went. You sure it was me? <laughs> I know it was you. <laughs> I, I really Tanner, Tanner was in the office with the principal, Toy Dowdy. Remember that? Oh, <laughs> that was. That, that was I think was, that was y'all. That was that maybe was, it was maybe head, head button central when yeah. her and him. Yeah. He, she was as strong-willed as he was. Yeah. I think that Ooh, was that's, that's a matchup. That's a matchup. <laughs> oh, let me, let me tell you what. That, that was, yeah. I okay. think that's when it was. You, yeah. You're talking about Tanner. Yeah. I was working before I came to Chesterfield. Um, Full time, I was a volunteer, and I worked at Henrico. Henrico yeah, for two years right. before I came to Chesterfield, <laughs> and um, we were on the um, Lee. What's the Lee Bridge? What's the uh, Huguenot Bridge? And um, I was at I was station number eight, which is um, Forest and Patterson. So our area was the the um, the bridge. So we had a, an accident one morning. We closed the bridge, and um, and so we're taking care of this accident. And I was, <clears throat> and I look. He comes a motorcycle up. Okay, that's when he had that motorcycle. Yeah. And he and so he came up to the accident scene. The street was closed, and I, mean, I just happened to be there. I knew who the guy was. And my lieutenant goes, "The hell is that coming up here?" And I said, "Uh, it's somebody." I look at his camera. He says. He comes in and he goes, hey, he goes, I work for Chester Fire Department. I got to get to work. Can you let me go across this bridge with a motorcycle? I just go up on the curb and I go across <laughs> the only exit. So here we are in the rescue squad taking care of all these people and his Tanner going around on his little motorcycle, <laughs> zipping around through the accident scene so he could get to number four to go to work. <laughs> so that, that's typically him. That was long ago. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. yeah, I was working you know, for um, Henrico Fire Department. Somebody's phone right Has not. Yeah. Let me get it. Nah. <laughs> sure. Somebody else is ringing. Not me. That's Lenny B. Oh, you girls. Oh, are, my oh, you girls looking for you. All right, y'all ready to do this? Oh, I thought we'd already started. We've been kind of had. Mr. Damn Good Tanner story. Okay. Got, no, I got that one. <laughs> they got a repeat everything they said in the other room. Yeah, yeah well, that's, we, we got to repeat uh, most of the stuff that happened last night, I think. Mm -hmm. So you're going to give us the rules? So the, ears are. Uh, the rules are <laughs> say anything you want later tonight or tomorrow. If there's something you go, hey, I really should have said that. We shouldn't let that out. Tell me. I can cut it. But <coughs> so far, I haven't had to change, hadn't had to change, had had to cut anybody's of fifty something that I've done. So well. It's a night she owns. This is is this the biggest group you've ever had? Yes. It's always been yep. one on one. <coughs> yeah, well, one on one or two or three. Three is the most I've had. Okay. So this should be interesting. We're breaking new ground. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Oh, by far. By, and this is the first one that's involved cocktails. Look at me. Hey, look at the years of service you got right here. That's, that's the other thing. I want. When, I, when I start, I'm going to do like a formal intro and, and then say, all right, talk about something, go around the room, and I'm going to say, Jan first, and then. So you introduce yourself and, and say, hey, I worked for this many years. Just tell me how many, you know, I served this many years, I'll started this year, yeah, that. something like that. And I'm going to keep track and I'm going to count <coughs> as we go around the room. And uh, just at the end, go, okay, we got, if I can do the math in the meantime, <laughs> figure it out as we Easy go. Easy So. That's the grand rules. It ought to be fun. <laughs> no no hitting, no biting. No, you can cut. <laughs> you can cut. <laughs> I just got to turn the explicit uh, button on, on when I post no it. Yeah. Don't name names and certain things. Yeah. Well, it depends. You know, I'll, I'll, leave that to, discretion. I'll use, leave that to discretion. I'll leave that to discretion. He won't know. Yeah, well. <laughs> exactly. Uh, 
Can, can we, it. Like we were talking last night. That one probably shouldn't hit the that air. That probably Petey Hypes would do. And all the edits I had with Tom Cole. Ooh. All the things I used to do to him at number 12. You were a sorry ass. I, I was a sorry ass. <laughs> Stuff a damn spare tire. <laughs> that was classic. He folded that freaking tire up to get it that, in the locker. Tom had this tire that just kept wearing. You know how and when a the tire starts to wear, it starts to go, you know, like, well, actually it goes out like this. You know, you typically get to hold in the middle and then you get the wear marks. Yeah. Oh, that, why, that tire was worn halfway around, <laughs> just waiting for it to bust. And he had he was going to Vaughn Bon Air one day and it, we said, Tom, I think it's gonna bust. Sure enough, got halfway to there. We look across the street at Bates um, gas station. Here comes Tom's car on the hook. Mm. He comes over there, changes the tire, Tom drove off and I, I went and got the tire from <laughs> from back from the um, uh, back the, of the, the one that went flat. Yeah, Bates, and, I, yeah. and I wrote on there, Bon Air or Bust. <laughs> <laughs> and I put that thing in his locker. And, and, and I squeezed it, and we shut the door, and that door was just bulging. And he came to ship the next day, and he popped that door open, and that thing hit him, boom, square in the nose, knocking across the bed. Oh, and, uh, oh yeah, because he knew it was me, because I was doing he just You walked the damn line at that time. Oh, yeah. The, the, we're not recording this. Absolutely. <laughs> but, but it's, it won't be official till we till we do the official. That, that was a, that was another person, and this person's gonna know who it is. That was another person who had false teeth. We talked about last night. We talked about that. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. For those you don't know, he's yeah. in that. So and, yeah. and, and while we were working the fire station, it didn't matter. Well, first thing is that. He was very self-conscious, and I can understand that. And he wouldn't put his false teeth into the cup until everybody went to bed. He was the last one to go to bed. We take turns staying up all night just so he would do that. But one night, what I did is I put some blue food coloring in that bowl. So, and we all went to bed, and we heard this bloop. We got a call at two o'clock in the morning, two fifteen, whatever. Jumped up and he went to the car. We all got the call, and I saw him talking to the lady, and he had blue teeth <laughs> talking to this lady about the fire. I wonder how to get fired. <laughs> oh, whisper, whisper the name out. No, 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 no. I mean, and another time I got fired, I think it was Steve Stump and I were up on the roof of number 12, and we were sunbathing in our underwear. And it was a Sunday afternoon, you do whatever you want to do. And so what you do is you climb out the bathroom window right there by the shower. And you go out and it had you know, three roofs. One was over the engine, one was over the truck. One of the engine was perfect. And uh, because it, it didn't have gravel, it was a metal roof. So it was, it was pretty good. So here's Stump and I in our underwear with aluminum foil up under our necks getting the sun and the fire chief comes to check on us one Sunday afternoon and we're up there with sunbathing. So we got a call. Well, I, I forgot who the sergeant was. I guess it was um, uh, Jimmy Morgan got, got the call to go tell those two guys to put some clothes on <laughs> and get off the roof of the fire station. So, so what was your nickname? Dog. The hot dog. Hot dog. Hollywood. Hollywood. Well, Hollywood is that. Yeah. <laughs> Wasn't there some ice buckets thrown around up there at 12 on that same, the roof? Oh, um, 
Eric Broadna had to had to uh, paint the roof of number twelve. What happened? The ceiling. The ceiling. Shot the That's water through the pole. I, saw, I shot the water. <laughs> yeah. I shot it. You know, they had an inch and a half connection right there on the pole. Right. And we were well, was back and forth. Each other. Do what? It was a poor design. Yeah. It's yeah. always going to do exactly. that. Exactly. <laughs> well, the engine hat was to use to you know, wash the engines off and so forth. Wash the bay, the bay, bay floors. Right. And all that. Refill yeah. the engine. Yeah. So, you know, I had to get one better than Eric Broughton. So um, I hooked up the uh, inch and a half to that thing. And, you know, with the pole, you'd bang on it and you'd yell somebody's name and they would pull the top. And the little shutters would open, and you'd look up and talk to them. And that's how you communicated upstairs because we didn't have an intercom. And so I had that hose up here, and I said, Eric! And Eric pulled on it, and when he came down, I went, <laughs> and when I did a whole spray one up, well, you know, that whole room was full of diesel fumes, years <laughs> over the ceiling. And so it had spots all over the floor. The floor got wet, and so, so uh, I was pretty much told I had to paint it. Well, I would pretty much be fine. So Eric and I painted the training room at number 12. I remember that. I remember y'all doing it. Let's, let's officially start this so we can... Oh, thank you. <laughs> no, that's good. I can edit that at the end. You can edit it. Plug it back in. Dude, I'm going to let it keep rolling. This is a lesson I learned when I was talking to Tanner. We did that. Hung it. Started packing stuff up, and then the stories kept going. And I'm like, Damn, we might even do this. But we never, never did get into cat audience. You and Soboto were like, yeah, this. we were tight. Yeah, well, fact, oh yeah. Lynn and I went on a trip together to um, a muster, fire muster, and you and and Pete were there too. So the four of us went. I remember that. Yeah, see that. Yeah. I, he never. That's that's what I hate is. Leaving people out, that's that's another yeah. one. Yeah, yeah. 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 So he was a great guy. Yeah. So, so that was another really good one. Well, yeah, yeah, he was. I he, had another he guest was, down here, too. Uh, called me out of the blue, clear sky, as Forrest Gump said. And, uh, Mac, how you doing, man? Jerry Gibbs. Well, Everybody knows Jerry Gibbs. Yeah. They don't. Yeah, so he's been down to stay with me, and he well, calls me all the time. All the gray beards yeah. tonight, but they, yeah, he was one of Clayton's <laughs> good buddies, and oh, oh yeah. he wasn't in fire department. Yeah, yeah. 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 He left probably. He, he was. He was tight with with, yeah. with um, Hoopy. They were because they. He was a Yankee as well. And I've gone. <laughs> yeah, I've gone to have. He was barbecues and Hoopy. I'll tell you right Jerry He went out. He went into. Insurance. Out in insurance? Insurance. Yeah, so Al yeah. Williams Insurance. Yeah. 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 Well, I don't remember him, but now, about five or six years ago, I was working ski patrol, and me and Mark, my buddy Mark, was, you know, he's down yeah. there. We were getting on the lift, and it was cold as hell that day, so everybody's covered up, you know. And we get on a four-person lift, and there was this guy with his son, about a nine-year-old kid, you know. So I'm sitting over here, Mark's sitting here, the little boy sitting here, and this guy's sitting over here, so... Uh, we're riding up, and I always ask people where you're from, you know, because you know they come from wherever. Could be, yeah, Timbuktu. Yeah. And I said, uh, "Where are you? Where are you guys from?" He said, "Well, I live in Farmville." And uh, I go, oh, "That's that's you know that's cool." And I said, "I know it's it's kind of far fetched, but I know it. I used to work with a guy that lives in Farmville." He said, "Who is that?" I said, "Kendall Marcy." He goes, "Oh yeah, I used to work with him in the fire department." I said, "Really? <laughs> huh? Which fire department?" <laughs> yeah, I said, yeah, I did. I said, "You worked in the fire department, Kendall?" Said, I said, "Where? Chesterfield?" And of course he's got, you know, he's covered up. I said, let me see what you look like. Well, I'd never seen a guy for in my life. Oh. And uh, I said, where did you work? He said, I worked at company 12 for like 12 years. And then I quit, I got a restaurant there. And I said, what's your name? He said, Jason Maddox. Yeah. 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 I'd heard the yeah. name, never seen him in my yeah. life. Over there. 
Well, I got transferred from 10 to 12 on Christmas Day because being money hungry, I worked, I got trade, I got cleared to drive an R-series so I could work oh. overtime at number two. Wiser is the guy that left. Now that made yeah, Frank right? Wiser. Frank Wiser. Wiser. Is he the one that went to Disney or something? He, he was in the computers <laughs> like early on. I'm up at Smith Mountain Lake and I'm wearing an old fire department t-shirt <laughs> in a hardware store and a woman goes, you work for Chesterfield? I said, yeah, how do you know? My husband worked for this. What's his name? Frank Wise. I said, that fucker. I'll kill you. Kick his ass. Yeah. 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 Somebody else got transferred on Christmas. Oh, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. <laughs> he was so mad. Matt was so mad. He got transferred on Christmas. Got sent from three to five. And Dave oh, Creasy, nice. bless his heart. Love him to death. He sat me down and he said, well... Uh, and I, of all the places I didn't want to go was Company 5, I'd, I'd go anywhere with Company 5. And he says, well, you're going to Company 5. He says, what? He goes, Merry Christmas. <laughs> uh, that pissed me off. But you know, you, you got to love Dave Creasy. Dave Creasy still owes me five hours on trade attack. I think I still got the card at home. It's... You don't want to You don't want to get it back right now. No, no. no, 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 no we always joke about that. He owes me five hours of trade time. Well, I'll call Martha Casey if you can't get that. Yeah. <laughs> DC to come and work for you. Spafford. Keith Spafford. That was the one that was close. I was out. Um, I bought my bike, one of my recent bikes at uh, Colonial Harley. And every Sunday, one of the guys there after church will go, you know, the second Sunday we're going for a ride. So Pat and I came in from Anita, met them at uh, whatever it is, uh, restaurant in Scottsville. Something on the James. Having on the James. Having on the James. And I'm listening to this guy talking. I'm looking. I'm like, so if, because, if, you know, it was like 20 of us. So he was down at that. And so as we're walking, I go, you're Keith Spafford. You know, he looked at me and I said, Rick Labonte, I knew you for Chesterfield with Jim Graham. He goes, oh, shit. Haven't seen him in 40 well, years, yeah. you know? Yeah. But it was wild. That was in the 80s. Yeah. Yeah, because mm-hmm. he left early. Oh, yeah. So yeah, what is he doing? Don't, I don't remember. I don't he was remember. with Rudy in TSU, right? Yes, yeah. for a while he was. Well, yeah. he was it. He was a rookie at, with. Uh, he was at eleven. It was Pete. Oh, and Roger Hicks. Yeah, Hicks yeah. Roger. It was Roger Hicks Jr. Yeah, yeah. characters. Yeah, that's, that's another good yeah. supervisor. Yeah, yeah. yeah. See, I'm gonna say it. It's, you know, when you yeah, ask, yeah. it's so. I feel so bad because you know you're leaving. You're leaving everybody. Yeah. 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 That's funny. That's yeah. I forgot you flew. Yeah, but you're a pilot. Oh, yeah, but I only flew for like 10 years, and I scared myself a couple of times. I gave it up. <laughs> it was jets over Vietnam. After Afghanistan, I was doing yeah. it. <laughs> I'm with you. I got out of the Korean War. Who was the guy that was in That's not a story I could tell mine. Who was the guy 14 used to always tell jokes? Was it Blanton or... Oh, Larry Banton. Yeah, Larry Banton. There's yeah. a good Lord. Oh, that was a character. The he had plumber. jokes yeah. for everything. Yeah. Oh. Put yourself a raise. Do less work. And <laughs> <laughs> hey, stumbling over words one day, and he said, he was talking about a salvage cover. He said, we had to refold them things yesterday. I said, what, Larry? He said, you know what I'm talking about. Them damn tarpaulin things. <laughs> I said, oh, you mean a salvage cover. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> do you have your, do, 
Uh, Rob, do you have your license? I yeah, I mean it's still valid, well, but I don't. I it's it's too expensive. I'm not, well, that's why I quit. I, I can't do it. I gotta, I gotta do it with three thousand hours. You threw it from the police department, didn't you? Yeah, that's what I yeah. thought. I, I left that from the fire department. I didn't know that's that. another one I saw in a. Uh, Who's that? Uh, Heckler. I was at. Oh, uh, Scott, right? He was up in Hernando County. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, I was playing golf at Myrtle Beach about five years ago, and I I'm in the uh, golf shop. And I walked by this guy, and I looked at him and I said, Dang, that guy didn't look like Scott Heckler. And I said, Scott. And he turned around, and he was in there, and he said he was a fire chief down here yeah. somewhere. Yeah, Hernando. Yeah, Hernando. Hernando Carroll, said he's retired. Fire, right fire chief and dog catcher. Right there in uh, yeah. Brooksville. Is he still living there? Okay. Yeah. I yeah. Yeah. yeah, I talked to him for a while. Hmm. Yeah, that's like yesterday when you come walk in and show up. I was like, damn, it looks like Matt Brown. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, poor bastard. <laughs> yeah, I tried to get everybody's attention diverted. Up. Where's Matt? Where's he? And everybody looked up that way as you were coming over because I wanted them to see you. you know, I didn't recognize I said, who is he? I, I didn't recognize <laughs> you until I heard you speak. Once you spoke, uh, I'm like, I knew who you were. Well, people yeah. not, a, not realizing this. Not they had the core group coming down. Matt's already down here, stayed over in Frostproof. And McGee's already living yeah. here and everything, so I kind of tried to set those two up as a surprise yeah. for everybody the, else. I let the cat out of the bag, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, you're not the only one. Oh. Okay, um, so, uh, an hour away towards Tampa. I'm on the other side of Tampa, Pinellas. Oh, okay. You're in Clearwater or like Olds Bar or somewhere? I'm in Olds Bar, oh, which is um, a little bit north of Clearwater. Yeah. North, north Pinellas County. Yeah. That reminds me of Bill, you know, you're talking about. We ran a call at the airport one time, and this old guy had landed a twin prop plane. He got to put his landing gear down. Oh yeah. So I mean, he said those props were like thirty grand a piece. Oh, yeah. So we got talking. I was trying to make him feel bad, and I said, "Have you been flying one?" He goes, "Oh yeah, like fifty some odd years." I said, "Well, that's not bad. One accident in fifty years." And he goes, "Well." <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, "Okay, I'm not flying with you, buddy." Yeah. You remember that experimental plane that crashed right there on two eighty eight on the ramp? Two Navy guys, two Navy pilots on the I wasn't there. Yeah, like Christmas morning. Yeah. Yeah. Oil pressure thing. That's what it was. Yeah, I don't think I was there. But those two Navy pilots flying some kind of little experimental Uh plane. I went from one there, the T-38 trainer at the airport. He does flew all over Amelia County. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. On purpose? Yeah. yeah. That yeah. Was, that's that's loads so wouldn't have yeah. a fireball when he hit it. Uh, <laughs> that kind of brings up a tender situation right there, if you remember. <laughs> I do. <laughs> yeah. My thought? Do you? No. Sure. I'm going to tell, tell it just like it is. Yeah. There you All go. right. Andy Anderson was battalion chief. Andy Anderson was battalion chief. We're there... There's no problem, really. And, um... Man with fiberglass hair? Man with fiberglass hair. (laughs) (laughs) Now because of all this. You were at 14 with Tanner. Yeah. No, not with Tanner. Kendall Kendall was there, I think. Yeah, it might have been Kendall then, but uh, Floyd Taylor. Oh, yeah. Floyd Taylor. Floyd. Floyd. Flo, he went across the street to this 14. He went across the street to 7-Eleven, and it's eight o'clock at night or whatever. And he didn't take a radio. Well, they get a call. It was a that was the night that uh, Tanner got written up for turning all the lights off. Oh, that crash on on Jeff Davis, yeah. Yeah, I thought it was on the ramp. I, it was, it was, yeah. it was, I don't yeah. know. But um, he talked well, about that on the podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. Well, he, 
Well, they were sitting in the engine waiting on flow. Nobody knew where he was. Well, Tanner comes in the station, you know, yeah, he was. He's rung up, you know, looking for Floyd, you know. Well, we figure out he's over at Sutton Lemon. Somebody, I guess, goes across there. Well, they had to go. So I think they left Floyd. But I walked, I guess when they left, I'm, we're still looking for Floyd. And I walked through the bunker. Remember that little bunker had those two benches in there? There's Tanner's helmet sitting on the bench. <laughs> and they're gone. And I go, oh, this ain't going to be good. You know? It's a firefighter in the hat. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's not good. Yeah, so. <laughs> Do you imagine that Floyd Taylor calling in sick for work? Paul Murray was working over with us one night, and uh phone rings. Murray answers it. It's Floyd. It's like eight. It's seven fifty-five at night. <laughs> Hi, Tim Paul. My mama didn't wake me up. I'm gonna be late to work. I'm gonna be late. I can't take another late to work. Oh my God, Floyd, hold on, hold on. I gotta let you talk to Brigadi. Let you talk to call me officer. So Paul, man, he's really upset. <laughs> he goes over and gets Brigadi. He says, look, Floyd thinks it's 8, 7.55 in the morning. He's calling late for work. So Brigadi strings him out for another 10 minutes. Oh, really? you know, I mean, look, oh, man, we, we, got, we got somebody here to cover you. We'll take care of it. He said, here's what I want you to do. This. I want you to listen very carefully. He said, okay, what? He said, roll over, go back to sleep. Sleep for ten hours and come on in here in the morning. What are you talking about? <laughs> what are you talking about? He, he had him going for like five or ten minutes. Yeah. I was thinking he was coming in. Late. That was a character when you talk about character. Yeah. Yeah. Floyd, they, they run run the, through the cemetery next to fourteen, yeah. and there was a fence up there, chain link fence. There was a house over there. They had, a, had some kind of dog. The YMCA is there now, but Floyd used to run and screw that dog all the time. You know. Make noise oh, really? and just screw that dog and then run up along the fence and the dog would chase him and then Floyd would go that way before the fence ended. Well, this went on for months and, and uh, Heckler and, and Paul Murray knew what was going on. Well, Floyd went out and run one time and he never came back. He was gone for a while and they finally went over there, where is Floyd? And he looked and he went running around and then Floyd said, hey, Paul, Scott, and he was up in a tree. <laughs> tree. He said, what the hell are you doing? And he said, I was fucking with that dog, and the dog found the end of the fence. Another good story, since you said Reeks there, uh, were you there when they did the, they got his, found out his handle for his CV? Yeah, see, that, I had a, I put a CB in my truck. Because I, you know, driving up and down 95, well, they started calling me something, you know, redneck, whatever. And so. You up a carrot top. Well, you? yeah, well, I had that. But, uh, well, then Reeks got to talking about having a base station at home, and I got to think, I said, he's got a handle if he was talking to truckers when he was a kid. So I kept saying, what's your, what was your uh, handle? He looked at me and said, I'm not telling you. You got that shitty look on his face. Well, Hatton. Called his mother, and that's how <laughs> that's how he found out. So we're sitting. At, were you there? No. Uh, well, we're sitting at the kitchen table. You know, catfish said at the end, and I said at the end when my back to the wall, and that's that uh, intercom was behind me, yeah. and Reek said Reek said across here. So we we're gonna wait till supper, and Hat was gonna go down and get on the intercom and say, "How about you, Swamp Rabbit?" <laughs> <laughs> I, I was there. Yeah. You were. I'm sure you were there. And so Hatton's sitting across there. I mean, uh, Reeks is sitting across there. Hatton gets up, walks down the hall, and I said, "This is gonna be good." But he gets on there, and Reeks is over eating, you know, talking, running his mouth, and he goes, "How about you, Swamp Rabbit?" And he looks up like this, you know, his eye. He didn't say a word. <laughs> it was on him. Yeah. He didn't know how. He didn't know how we got his his hand. He, he was a fun guy. I, I ran into him about 
three weeks ago. We were yeah. Pat and I were eating at uh, Chewy's in Midlothian. Oh, okay. He's doing well. The boys yeah. are doing well. Yeah. yeah. Well, his son went in the Marines about the same time yeah. my son did. Yeah. Is he still in? He probably is. Cause he's, he's like a in. captain or something. Yeah, because he went Intel and all that other shit. Yeah. So he's, yeah. He's my son. Captain. My son got out. He he still works on F eighteen. Well, he's actually working on F thirty five. New ones. Yeah. Well, Robert, thank you, man, for putting us man, together. Thank you for coming down. Or coming thank you. Yeah, thanks right for being here. here. So, right. yeah. how, <laughs> how do we find this stuff? Yeah, that was we're, 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 we're not. We're not the IT wizards. We're not you got. We got an iPhone. Type in Firehouse Logbook. Go to uh, podcasts because you got an app that comes standard on the iPhone. Just podcasts mm-hmm. and search Firehouse Logbook and right. it should pop up. You'll see a picture of of you. No, a picture of number two's logbook. Right. Okay. I hadn't now listened I don't to have an iPhone. I hadn't listened uh, to uh, Google, Google, Google Podcasts, yeah, just Google. Or Spotify, That's what I did. or uh, our iHeartRadio. Actually, or, uh, Bride uh, sent me the Spotify. one Tanner. Yeah, the link. That's how I, I didn't know anything about it, but um, or there's a as a website you can listen to it yeah. through. Mm-hmm. And that I posted a picture this, this afternoon. I don't have nothing that says podcast. It says install podcast. Play. I listened to the one about that Rick Butcher. And when it, when you played like when it, the uh, preview thing came up, yeah, I said, "Damn, Rick, voice changed." No, okay. It oh, ain't yeah. it ain't the Rick Butcher I know. It's a guy oh. from he's a yeah. chief of Tarpon Springs. Yeah, I listened to some of them. Oh, okay. Well, I, was I have to download it. Yeah, but I want to do I want to do Rick Butcher too. Yeah, but his he spells his name different. B U C H. Yeah. But I was expecting to hear his voice, and I'm going, man, he sounds different. What was the name of it? Firehouse Logbook. Okay. The right Reverend McBurcher. Uh, I, I kind of started this thing when I when I was there. Ah, I kind of want to do this. What can I do it on? And I thought about MedFlight. Uh-huh. And I'm like, you know, like I want to get like Ben and Al yeah. and Dave and all that crew together and talk about the history of MedFlight. I'm like, man, there's just not enough stuff there to tell to keep this thing going for very long. And then uh, Rosenbaum and I were out to dinner one night and he talked about uh, R.C. Dawson and Enrico. Yeah. There you go. And, um, Henry had taken him to a doctor's appointment, and he stopped by the station to look at the new hazmat rig that everybody at the station knew who R.C. was. Until they started talking to him about, he said, "Well, you were you were on the team." He said, "Yeah, I kind of started the team." He said, "What do you what about this uh, pentaborium call?" Oh yeah, I was there. (laughs) He said, "For four hours now, he's telling the stories about the hazmat team," and I'm like, "The whole fire service." Yeah, you got that same with the logbook. There you go. That was the one downtown, wasn't it? It was in Ashland. I tell you, I listen to that one with Rothell's pretty good. That's he's uh, he's a character. He is. Oh yeah. I didn't, I didn't listen to. Oh, you need to listen to it. Okay. I mean, it's it's pretty good because he, you know, he, being Rothell, you know, he the saving the guy on the bridge yeah. and, and all yeah, the stuff down in. Uh, he well, the part where he was the contract firefighter, yeah. all that. That's mm-hmm. interesting. Yeah. Yeah, because he went over somewhere with doing some surfing yeah. or something. Oh, yeah, yeah he, does a, he was in the Philippines or something. Yeah, he goes all when Typhoon came through and somebody found out he had fire department experience, next thing you know, he's a command chief of all the Yeah, <laughs> 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 you know, he, talk, he said about debriefings. Remember that after the train wreck in Quinford Boulevard, we went back to 14 and the, the team comes down. Because it was a pretty traumatic event. Yeah. And we're sitting there, and, and we're just starting to open up and talk about this thing, and then Chief Eanes pops the door open. Hey, how's it going? You know, and Everybody like, showed up. Showed up, yep. Threw ice water on it, yeah. And he didn't mean to do that, but it's just, yeah. it was just yeah. the way it worked. Everything was new that. Yeah. 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 That was, that was, <laughs> can we talk about that? 
shift ran a, a train wreck. I was working. I was working overtime. I were. I, oh, you were on the D shift call. Well, okay. yeah. But you go ahead. I mean, it, it's a it's a long story. There's a train coming down coming down the tracks at slow speed, and there and there's a, a bunch of cars off on the side and had lumber and, and no, it had it had those pellets those that pellets, they yeah. use to make nylon as those yeah. hopper cars. They think some kids had released the brake wherever the yard is up there. Back down. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. it, was, it was just rolling. It wasn't. Yeah. Down. No, no. back down. It was sitting in, down there in the in the low spot down there in the swamp. And this work train was coming, and it was at night, and it, the engine was pushing like a couple of work cars and a caboose. Mm -hmm. And there was three guys in the caboose. Well, it, they didn't know that thing was sitting there. It wasn't supposed to be there. And it was a bunch of these hopper cars, and it was heavy as shit. Well, yeah. when that caboose, the guy jumped, the guy that lived jumped, he was standing out there smoking a cigarette, yeah. and he jumped off. The other guy, there was one guy sitting in that cupola thing, mm -hmm. and the other guy sitting down at, they had a little uh, table thing he was sitting at. Well, those guys, those are the ones that were killed. Well, it folded that caboose up like that. The couplings were almost touching, and then it yeah. fell over in the swamp. Yep. And, and you, people, um, you, you tell people that story, because that's, that's extremely heavy metal, oh but that was oh, true. Yeah. It tore the, the siding of that, of that caboose is probably 3 16th or quarter inch metal, well, tore it like paper. Yeah. Well, what I, that's the, what it was, it was about the thickness of a 55 gallon drum, is okay. what I compared it to. Right. And that was a sheet. And then inside they had like one by four oak boards. And uh, uh, well, Gene Reams was there, his crew, and they used it. And I, I don't know, they took all, they had hearse tools. They had nothing. We had, the fire department had yeah. nothing to get into that. Yeah. We loaded up on 147. We took this, remember we had a uh, oxacetylene at the fire mm -hmm. station? I don't know why. Anybody remember what, yeah, at 14? Yeah, yeah. Or maybe they got it's some. It's over in the shop. Though. Yeah. We loaded that up on the side of the fire on 147. And we got down there about midnight. And they had used all the, every K-12 blade was that big around. And it still had made, they'd made about two cuts in the side of that thing. And, Hadn't yeah. got in it. It was. So the bottom line is they got the one guy out, the second, the third, the second fatality, third guy. He was left there till the next day because it was yeah. misty and cold and yeah. it was just a terrible night. Well, see, I, that night I climbed. They all the guys have been working there for all those hours. They brought them out. We went in there. I was me and Hatton were working overtime on one forty seven. I don't remember who it was from B shift that night, but well, we got him out the next day because well, the guy that yeah. was cut in half. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I went in that cupola. I had to crawl down through the water and back up to get the. Cause they got they got them so you could get them out, but they they were they were tired. So I went up there and handed them out. Then the next day, that guy with the half his body was down in that hole, yep. and I said, well, "I'm not going down there." Well, Reeks didn't want to go down there, so I ended up going down there and handing them up you, to you. You and Mike Woolley went in there. Did he go down? Yeah, yeah. maybe so. Yeah, so Hatton got it. Was all five of us had us Hatton got us together. And said, "Look, this guy's dead. His soul's gone, and now it's just nothing but meat." Yeah. yeah. So and and he was wise enough to say. Everybody in? If you're not, that's okay. Yeah. Yeah, we're all in. So Reeks and I were on top, and, and you and Mike Woolley were in, yeah. in there. And the only way to get this guy out was to cut his leg off. Because yeah. mm. he was, you know, his lower, yeah. his upper torso was cut in half, the elastic on his underwear. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. His upper torso. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Haddon took the axe and cut the guy's tendon. Yeah. yeah. Yep. I, I was there. I guess I was in you TSU. TSU. Yeah. And, and I don't know if you remember this, but Mike went in there, and, and, and Matt's down there, and Mike's standing over top of this guy with the axe. And it's almost like he didn't want to hit him. And, yeah. and he went like that. And Matt said, hit the goddamn thing. <laughs> Pop. Hit it. And then yeah. Pop, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, I can. Anyway. Yeah. You know, but that did, I don't know. That didn't bother me too bad. That didn't bother me. Yeah, me neither. But you know, they were concerned about you know. Yeah, it was a new thing. Like, yeah, the sure. stress debriefing. No, I think it's a good thing. Yeah. yeah, we went back to the station and talked about it, and then and it was over. Yeah. Yeah. But I'll tell you, not long after that, there was another train derailment up in Chester. I don't know, maybe six months later. Well, they send a special crew that does just that. Works on right, right. Every one of those sons of bitches is massive because every tool they deal with yeah. is like fucking huge. Right. And these guys, they just, and they've got a train with a hoist on it and whole deal. And they know what they, they were all about. I don't know if you remember that I-beam. The, the couplet, there's one I-beam ran through the bottom of that that caboose. And it was an I-beam this big around, you know, this big in diameter. And the steel is that thick. Well, it, it bent that thing like it was rubber. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The couplings came almost were together. Yeah, I, I, it, I told people like 10 or 15 feet apart, but maybe it was closer. It could have been, I, yeah. but it was close. Yeah, I mean, it, but here's a caboose that's what, 50, 60 feet long or so? Oh, yeah. Just bent that thing in a U. Yeah, <laughs> and it was laid over in the, in the water. Yeah, and I remember the train, the supervisor for the, for the railroad or somebody was up there, and a bunch of his guys were we're watching it. And Hank was the battalion yeah, chief then, and, and uh, Hank said, "You got you want these guys watching this stuff?" And the guy says, "Yeah, I want them to see what happens." Yeah, yeah that's right. Mm-hmm. It was a mess. Yeah, change, was a mess. change the subject. We had a, I think it was a dumb number one, and one in a one in eleven, maybe it was a three. We had a call at <clears throat> at um, uh, Reynolds Metal. They had a long <coughs> cylinder of propane. Not propane. On coiling, it leaked, and um, before we had level A suits and so forth, so you basically go up there and you turn out gear. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we so we go up there turn out gear. This thing is spewing out. It's got the cloud and all that kind of shit. So I mean, what do we do? Well, we got an A kit and <laughs> let's go over and do that thing. So we went over there and uh, we end up trying to put the A kit on it, and all of our clothes were just ruined. I guess yeah. it was probably was ten of us that all got that that chlorine, but. So anyway, we, we closed it off, we, we, we lashed it off, and so we now we're waiting for the guys from the Chlorine Institute to show up, okay? This guy walks up there, gets out of the truck, no turnout gear, walks up there with a hammer, and knocks off all the shit that we put on it. <laughs> screws on it, screws on the fingers, there you go. We spent five hours there. And $5,000 a gear. Yeah, put it was more than that. Put that whole kid on there. We were proud of ourselves. Put it on. He goes in there and knocks all that shit off. Do you remember going screen. to Meadowbrook Country Club that one Saturday with Corian Lee? Uh-uh. I know it was you. Um, you mean like at the pool? At the pool. Small, small tank. Yeah. Or yeah. A tank. Well, we. One fifty five. I know. We were we were bar assaulting underneath the fire truck because it was okay. Saturday morning. Typical. You were there. It was me, you, and John. Okay. I think and John was driving, and uh, we get there. The tennis court's over here, the pool's over here, and there's grass between them. There's a sidewalk in the middle. There's people still on the tennis courts where they put uh, handkerchiefs over their noses. <laughs> the chlorine was that strong. It had killed the grass already. <laughs> you remember that? Yeah. And I, I had all my, I was in the jump seat. I had all my stuff on. I went down there and just turned. What, the kid went down there to, to, put, to connect it, and right. he turned it on, and it wasn't connected, and he ran out of there. So just, you know, blowing out of the thing. I went in there and just turned it off. 
But the people, you could, we couldn't get the people off the tennis courts. They said we 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 got an hour. We we can't waste time. <laughs> but it's even worse. All the grass was burnt to an instant. Yeah. Yeah. and they and they got scarves on playing tennis. Yeah. 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 I'm in the jump seat, and I had just gotten on the hazmat team, and all I, all I remember was we go out the door and get on wrap him, the, the window slides open on that CF Mac, and all the hazmat book comes flying <laughs> through. <laughs> Tell me what I'm supposed to do. Tell me what I'm supposed to do. <laughs> what cock is Gene Cox? No, it's Jeff. Jeff, 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 Jeff Cox. Cox. Yeah. Yeah. King. Yeah. Chicken King. <laughs> He's still driving a logistics truck. Is he really? Yeah. Hmm. Well, who's yeah. still there that's the longest tenure? Jerry Burton. Dave Mason. They're recruiting the Dave Mason. Yeah. Yeah. Is Trimmer still there, too? Yes. Yeah. 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 That's another one. Yeah. Trimmer came yeah, on after Trimmer. Trimmer. Trimmer's like 41 years or something. I'll say, yeah. Absolutely nothing else to do. Yeah. So, so I, can't, I just can't believe Mason's I, I, got the longest? I think it's Jerry. Because Jerry was dead yeah, fire station before I, Dave, but Dave was Dave was a dispatch. Yeah, Dave, so yeah, I don't know yeah, which one. Yeah, I think Dave's the longest tenured current. No, I think Jerry came after me. Speaking of Jerry came, yeah, but he came before Dave in the fire station. Dave was in my recruit school in '82, and Jerry was already there. Dave was so, a dispatch. I didn't before. know that. Well, and now we we came in October of '82. I think. Like Roger Warden and those guys came in like April or May of '82, so mm-hmm. Jerry might have slipped in in that yeah. class. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Pop out of Salem. Talking about working. Uh, <laughs> Pop out of Salem. Yeah. Yeah. Fire alarm. He hated that. Yes, he did. He was talking about it a little earlier. I decided I want to do it part time. That's not like an easy job. Sit around there and do that. Well, if you remember, anybody's ever been there, there were buttons you push. If you wanted a fire station, like it was a call for number one, you push this button and they decide when you go off. So you push the button, you go to local alarm for companies one, twelve, uh, and you get all the them, and you push the button and make the siren go. Well, the, there's a button at the end. If you remember, it was for all calls. Oh, yeah. <laughs> My first time, first time I get a call, and because you're by yourself. You know, that old jail, it's creaking, you know how that is. And Take I the radio to the bathroom with you. Yeah. I got all excited <laughs> as I was. Yeah. It was a call for, yeah. for Company 1, Company 12, it was a chest of town apartments. And so instead of hitting the 12, I hit <laughs> the, the all of them. And everybody, all the volunteers come on in, Company 3, you know, 1071 or whatever. I didn't call you, and you hear a siren in the back going, <laughs> I didn't call you, I didn't call you. Number five will do this thing. So every one of those would call saying, you got to call from I didn't interact, I didn't send you, but I'd hit that damn button. Wow. Every one of the sirens are going on. I know you were there this night when we were laying in bed and the sirens start blowing, at 11, okay. the sirens start blowing. We'd go, what the hell, you know? Well, I don't think the lights came on. So we get a walk out there, and there's two, it's like four o'clock in the morning, there's two old ladies, they were lost. And I know you were there because you. T- I'm pretty sure it was you talking. You don't remember that. Uh, no. So they 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 they're lost. So they see this red light. Yeah, they go up there. Pull box. Pull on the fire station. The siren goes off for three yeah, minutes or whatever. You pull the box and you hit the alarm. And they were looking for directions. I'll <laughs> <laughs> tell you where to go, lady. Yeah. <laughs> we were at number ten. We were all in bed. This is Marseille. Probably PW at this point myself. Is knocking the door. Knocking the in the, the, the old room, the meeting room where they used to sell license plates and right, yeah, shit. Yeah. 
So I'm in bed, hoo hoo, and Marseille go investigate, and I can hear some kids are at the door. They're going, "Can we use your bathroom?" And Marseille's chomping at their ass because he got. And this, I can hear this girl today. She goes, "Well, weren't you young once?" <laughs> Frank goes, "I was born 40." <laughs> <laughs> We're sitting at Comedy Eleven at the table. You, it might have been me and you then. And the doorbell rings. It's six o'clock in the evening. Doorbell rings. So I walk out there, and it's this young boy and girl. Now this is, you know, long before Google and you know GPS and all this shit. And they said, uh, "Can you?" They were looking. They said, "Do you know where Burke, Virginia is?" Oh shit. Okay. Well, you know, I live up there. Then. Yeah. yeah. And I yeah, go it's two hours from here. Yeah. Well, I said, yeah. I said, yeah, but it's like up in Fairfax somewhere. You know. I said, let me go get a map and make sure. You know. Well, when I co- I go get a map, I come back and I said, yeah, it's right up there in northern. But when I come back, she the girl is pissed. I, but I don't know what they're doing. I said, yeah, it's up here. And I said, what are you, what are you looking for? Well, we're looking. We were. So he showed me the directions. It was from Baltimore. Whoops. Literally, it's the day Bailey's first wife. So <laughs> was it girl? It happened 14. They, left, they left Baltimore. Now, this is back before. The, remember, uh, uh, Chippenham Parkway used to be exit 7. Because yeah, yeah. that's where I came in every you know, every work day, come in there. That's before they did the mile market thing. Yeah. Well, the, the thing said, now this is the thing said, leave Baltimore essentially. Drive about 30 minutes, get off on exit 7. Well, they drove two and a half hours because <laughs> he got off on exit 7. So I go, oh, yeah, here it is. So what you got to do is, you know, I, I'm go, thinking, go two hours that way. I'm thinking you hadn't got there yet. <laughs> and uh, well, she, this girl's, she's like, God, you know, they were going to some wedding reception or some bullshit, you know. <laughs> so I, you know, I still haven't caught on that they left Baltimore and got down to company 11 somehow. I said, so I'm t-, he said, never mind, we'll, we'll find it. I said, okay. I said, you got to go north on 95. He goes, yeah, I know. And then I realized they came from Baltimore. Pass exit seven. Yes. Yeah. Well, they went 30 minutes, but then they added another two hours to it. Somebody, somebody did that. Wouldn't you think when you got to like 45 minutes, you might go, oh, no, you might have missed the turn. Dave, you were talking about the, the button at the end of it. Yeah. So you remember the ring down phone, the two. Do you remember that? If, if, yeah. if you pick the phone up, the bells and the doors went up, the bay doors went up at company two because oh, that right. was the backup thing for, for, for fire alarm. Oh, okay. And I don't know who it was. It might have been Fritz, somebody. I don't know. <laughs> somebody, would, but they really, because, you know, we used to call in and we used to have to do the reports yeah. and file, you know, right up. So, well, somebody go into the end of the shift to call them. They had like six or seven to call in, you know, so he called in. Well, that was like nine ten o'clock at night. Well, at two o'clock in the morning, Cat accidentally knocked the <laughs> ring down phone off the hook. Whoa, whoa, whoa! That's what that's what this chair uh-oh. did. Same thing. Oh, this yeah. chair. Yeah, this did the same thing. They're not quite cheap seats. My cheap, my cheap seats. Uh-oh. Yeah. You might want to fix it. So go ahead. <laughs> anyway, so Cat says, "I'm kissing. I'm getting back to you." And knocked the phone off the hook at two o'clock in the morning. <laughs> 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 no, that's not Well, you all go back together. It still well, four o'clock in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, he did twice. <laughs> Oops, fix them. Well, I got a couple summers, Rick Summers. That, not, not that funny, but yeah. well, the other one, it, it really isn't all that. It's it's kind of bad in a way. Me and Summer, I think Summers are working overtime. Me and Tanner, and um, we get a full rest that first thing in the morning, and. Um, 
the old we get in the, the guy wasn't that old, but he was like alcohol. He was dead. We pulled him off on the floor. His uh, son and daughter were home, and they were you know high school age. Tanner took him out on the front porch, and we're doing me and Summers in there doing CPR, and you know we knew that we couldn't do anything. So anyway, they they haul him to the hospital. You know he's dead. So we were back in the bunk room. And Tanner was sitting at the desk doing the report. Well, the this uh, volunteer, I think his name was Steve Williamson. Y'all, some yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 from Richmond City. Yeah. Well, his yeah. his uncle, Phil, from, Phil, 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 Phil was well, Steve was, Steve was in, city. yeah, yeah, but Steve works with City too. Yeah, but he didn't at the time. Not okay. that matter. Yeah. So we're standing in the in the bunk room, and he comes through there, and he goes, "Yeah, he was. He's kind of." He says, uh, "Hey, did you guys run a full arrest this morning?" I go, "Yeah, why?" He said, well, his kids are out there want to talk to you. And we go, what the fuck do they want? You know, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he had brought them into the Yeah. Oh, yeah. So we're going, me and Summers, what do they want? You know, we're walking around and they're standing right there in the kitchen hearing us. Yeah. Well, of course, they, you know what the kid said? So I just want to uh, thank you for doing a good job. <laughs> so... They leave. Oh, we we grab mm-hmm. Steve, you know, pull his yeah. ass in there and said, "Don't ever bring them, you know, somebody in there like that." But I came to work in November, and uh, so it's probably January, February. I'm sitting at the kitchen table, two o'clock in the afternoon, reading my IFSTA manual, getting ready for the test, <laughs> and, stuff. and uh, I just I just happened to get up and uh, walk back to ask Tanner or, or Matt a question. <laughs> and it's two o'clock in the afternoon, a weekday, and the TV is on in the bunker, which is. A no-no. Those, yeah. And Matt was laying down. He was the up bed. on the lockers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Matt was there, and he had just happened to sit up. And yeah. Chief Eens walks Comes in, in through the bunkering door. <laughs> <laughs> and Tanner goes, "We had it on. Did we have it on a weather, the weather channel? channel? Yeah, because big storm good, coming. Yeah, through. yeah." <laughs> and Eens looked looked at us, looked up there, and Tanner said, "You see that storm, Chief? There's a big storm coming through. <laughs> We're keeping an eye." Yeah. And for ten minutes, he's got. Ian's fixated on, on a storm, and then yeah. and he said, okay, thank you, walked but out. James I, like, I mean, I, I was laying on the bunk, almost asleep, man. I, for whatever reason, I just sat up, and, and when I looked, I said, Chief Ian's in court. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was timing. Oh, oh, my God. And Tanner was like, yeah, see that storm? We've been watching that. And, <coughs> and he's yeah, fixated on a storm, and out the door we went. I had no idea why he was there. But <laughs> he came to see Tanner. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah we could all been fired. <laughs> we, you know, we used to take bets. You remember that? Sitting at the kitchen table? It was, Eans would come in. You can't hear. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Go. And we go, one I know, I would drive him. And we, and we go, said earlier. You think it's going to take two minutes this time? Yeah. You know, you go, I don't know. He looks like he got a head of steam. Might be one minute. And, and we'd take bets. And next thing you know, boom! The door flies open. Chief Eans is heading out the oh, door. Yeah. Tanner pissed him off. Look up and go, well, Looks like a minute and a half this time. <laughs> yeah. uh, me and Kip and Russell Easter working for Dallas at number four. The whole deal was, and I love David Plumbo to death. Good guy. Yeah. But there's a bet between the day. four of us. When the moment Plumbo comes through the door, how long it would be before he'd say something stupid? <laughs> And that's what the whole bet was. <laughs> and, you know, it was betting sodas, that's what it was. And, uh, <laughs> oh man, it, it was anywhere from, you know, 20 seconds, 30 seconds, 
to maybe some days, you know, a minute and a half, two minutes, you know. It was coming. Yeah, it was going to come. You know what he told me? Uh, I was at five, and I had about a year before I could retire, maybe something like that. And I was out there in the bay talking to Plumbo one day, and we are talking about retirement stuff. And I said something about, yeah, I got like about a year of sick leave. He goes, don't you leave here with a year of sick leave. He said, you use that up. Of all people, you wouldn't think Palumbo would say that. I go, is he setting me up? You know, seriously. (laughs) Had he already retired by then? No, no, he was battalion chief. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know why. Palumbo retired in 2000. I'm almost sure. Or 2001. No. no. no yeah, it, later, later. it might have been 01. I well, was he was retired after I, I left. Yeah. Uh, he, 2002, and he was, at, he was there. Still after there. Yeah. I yeah. was at when Dale Earnhardt got killed, Cause, which well, was February of 01, right? Yeah. yeah. I was at Company 5. Okay. And Palumbo was our battalion chief. JD retired just before me. JD? Okay. Yeah. Uh, Tussle. Yeah. Now I'm going to tell you how, how important every one of you people are Boss to the fire department after you're going. Mm-hmm. Dave Hamlin was working at 14 overtime one day. Tunsil had been going three or four years. He was over here at Chevrolet, had his truck service or something. He said, well, he thinks, I'm going to go walk over and talk to the boys. Yeah. Tunsil was there at 14, rings the doorbell, young guy answers, the, opens the door. Yes, sir, can I help you? And, and JB said, well, I just came to see the boys. Well, Reggie was in the office, recognized the voice, and, hey, chief, come on in. So, you know, they, they chatted for a while and Tunstall walked around and everybody saw him and, and after he left, n- nobody in there knew who he was. Nobody in there ever heard his name before. He hadn't been gone that long. And, and who the hell is Chief Tunstall? Mm-hmm. Well, I went to how about the that? uh, that's, that's Government Mule concert mm-hmm. back in uh, at the uh, River City Sports Complex. Mm-hmm. My son got me a ticket to that. Well, the guys from 16 were there standing by. What a great concert for them to be standing by yeah, for really? you know, government mule. Oh yeah. So uh, I walked by and talked to the boys. Said, "Hey, thank you for what you do. You're welcome, sir." I said, "Well, I just I'm Mac Womack, and I said I've been retired for a while." Guy said, "I've heard of you." <laughs> yeah. He said, "I've heard of you." I don't know if it's good or bad. No, yeah. no. I, I go stop, stop by the fire station. I get, I, I go, yeah. I'm Lynn Bottoms. Like, oh, we've heard about you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I go, I hope it's all been bad. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm going to need to go here a little bit. I got to softball early tomorrow morning. Um, you got a long drive too. What's yeah. an hour? Yeah. Uh, my wife's already texted me and said, hey, "You need to get home." Um, do you want to take a picture or anything? Yes, this? I do. Yeah. I have the graphic. Oh, you are. All right, here yeah. we go. Got to go to KS. Yeah, right. This, this won't work. Sorry, sorry if you guys are already heard this. Yeah. Yeah. I can hear a thousand times more. For the people who know CAD or knew CAD. Remember CAD? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, okay, yeah. All the curly hair, all that good stuff. Okay, get the good picture in your head. So, <clears throat> he had an aunt that lived down in Miami Gardens. And he, with, with his polio, with, with, cold weather was really bad on him. So he made arrangements. I would, I was his adopted son. I would drive him down to Florida, you know, November-ish or whatever, come down at race time, go to the races, and then take him back home. So we're hitting 95, he's got an IROC Z in the late oh, 80s, yeah. early 90s, whatever it was. It was a cool beautiful blue too, wasn't it? Yeah, we had this, he had this IROC Z. IROC Z's were big back then, whatever mm-hmm. this was. So T-tops out, 95 south, here we go. I'm going to learn a lot of shit from Cad. You know, years ahead. Right? So I'm going down the road. So we get to Lumberton, North Carolina. 
going down the road and there's a trooper in front of us. If it was 65, 55, I don't remember. But anyway, he was doing one mile an hour below the speed limit. And we got a long ways to go, pal. So, so I said, you know what? I'm gonna go around him, just take my time, go around and sort of be bopping around, you know, kind of, you know, edge it up towards him like that. And right when I get parallel with him like that, Cad leans over like this and looks at him and flips him the bird like that. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> you know what's gonna happen. So he backs off, he pulls up behind me and he pulls over. And he pulls over and he gets out of his car. <laughs> walks up to the car and by the time he gets up to the car and turns and looks at me Cad looks at me and goes the trooper looks at me and goes I understand that car drives off in the car Cad looks at me and goes I can get away with a lot of shit <laughs> I told you it was worth it yeah.